0: I know the biggest work I need to do is in the postpartum. And what that means is I know that in the postpartum in my birth imprint that's where I need the most support. And so for me, that's where how I've created the most support in that particular time of, you know, the journey to motherhood. You're listening to the Well Woman podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's mental cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers and guide you back into your cyclical nature. Hello and welcome to episode 252 of the Well Woman podcast. This is our final episode before we head off on a hiatus. If you've been tuning into the last few episodes of our show, starting at 241 right through to here, 252, we have been moving our way through a really special pregnancy series, whilst I personally have been moving through my own pregnancy. And today is a solo episode. We are talking all about the third trimester and preparing for birth. And over these number of episodes that we've had since 241, we have had some absolutely amazing guests join us for the show. I'm so grateful for all of their insights all of their knowledge and all of their wisdom that they've been able to share with us. And I hope you two have found it very beneficial, (laughs) whether you are on a pregnancy journey yourself, whether you're on a conception journey yourself, or whether you're just loving learning all about these topics. So today we are talking all about the third trimester. As I record this episode, I am very heavily in my third trimester. Heavily feels like a weird word to say, actually. I feel very full in my third trimester. I have anywhere from, God, who knows, right, when the baby will arrive, but anywhere from like three to six weeks to go. And I wanted to come into this particular episode sharing a little bit about my third trimester experience, because the trimesters, as you would know, back in episode 241, I shared about our conception journey and our first trimester journey. And then in episode 242, I shared about the second trimester. And here we are talking about the third trimester. Now, if you haven't listened to trimester one and two, I strongly encourage you to go and do that. It will give you a really good backstory as to why my approach might be the way that it is for third trimester. If you think it's a little bit different to maybe what you've heard of before, and we'll give you a bit of an understanding as to what my experience in pregnancy was like up until this point. So the third trimester, holy moly. (laughs) So for those who are new here, maybe you're listening to this for the very first time, this this show that is, is I live in Australia. I live in the subtropics and it is very humid. It is also the peak of summer through my third trimester. And when we talk about the third trimester for me, I just think of fullness, brightness, illumination, which is really what's going on in the outer world for me as well, which is the peak of summer but that has also meant extreme humidity. (laughs) It has also meant very uncomfortable swelling in my body. And as much as I'm so grateful for this journey of pregnancy, this last third trimester has really tipped me to pushing point, like burning point. So this third trimester all started at the end of 2023 for me. And I have always had a really open-minded approach to pregnancy, including in this trimester. And it's funny because I don't have a due date. I actually don't believe that babies are due, bills are due, not babies. Babies arrive. And so we don't actually have a set arrival date, which feels so, let me just tell you, it feels so fucking freeing to not be like, oh, my God, i got to do this by this date and this has to be done by here and, oh, my God, this is going to happen then. And it's really really making me drop into that process of surrender, which is needed for birth. So this third trimester with my body, how's my body changed? Let's talk about the body. (laughs) So naturally, I'm definitely getting bigger. I've been feeling a lot more movement with the baby, which makes me feel more connected with the baby, which is beautiful. Something that I've been doing most of my pregnancy, and I would even go so far as to say I've been doing this since preconception, is every day I sing the peace mantra It's a a Sanskrit mantra that I learnt through yoga and that really, really helps me connect well with the baby and so I do that every morning and that morning peace mantra is something that I learned is, you know, when babies start to listen, they, you know, recognize your voice and, you know, they can recognize songs and remember them when they're outside of the womb. And I'd already been doing this peace mantra. So I've stuck with that, which feels really, really well, like really good, but it's really helped me connect deeper with my body. The most challenging part would be the mobility for me. I've always been someone who's moved my body and been quite mobile in general, but in this third trimester, I feel like a Fucking slob. <laughs> Let me just say it, like say it like it like it is. You know, I I've come from going to yoga six times a week, doing ninety minute practices, sometimes two hour practice, practices, to going to yoga once, maybe twice a week, and barely walking because I can only walk for like twenty minutes before I have to go do a wee. <laughs> the pressure of my bladder is crazy, and it's really softened me in my movement practice to let it go. And that I know yoga for me normally is very opening and awakening in my body. It helps my body become back, you know, back into alignment, stretching my back, my hip flexors, my hamstrings, you know, my neck, my thoracic, all of these beautiful elements of the body. And I just can't get into those positions anymore. And that's really taught me to just allow, and you know what, it's okay to let go. This is all temporary, but you need to just tune into what the body really needs right now. So for me, I've really focused on just what can I do every day, even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes. Sometimes that's just a really light walk. Sometimes it's stretching. I love using the the ball. If you haven't got a Swiss ball, like a fitness exercise ball, you need to get one. There's a couple of videos on my Instagram of how I use the ball in pregnancy. But I highly recommend it is one of the best things. And during this trimester, I've definitely noticed a few tension points, you could say, in my uterus, which are awakening me to the early experience of birth. And it's preparing me to connect with my breath. So something that I decided to do late last year, oh, I signed up to do, I should say, that I've done for 11 years in a row now is I attended my yoga teacher's, wait for it, you might think I'm crazy when I say this, five-day Ashtanga intensive. Now, if you have no idea what that is, Ashtanga is a, a form of yoga. It's the oldest, most, you know, I guess, rigid form of yoga. And it's the same sequence. There's a first series, second series, third series, fourth series, and so on. And I've been practicing this with my teacher for over a decade. And this particular five-day workshop he runs every year. And it's such a fantastic way to start the beginning of your year. It starts the first full week of the year every year. And I signed up in um, November to come and join this particular intensive over five days at the start of January of 2024. And Whilst you might think I'm crazy for doing this, this was one of the most beautiful experiences to be in a room with other yoga practitioners, your Sangha, your community, for two hours every day with doing no like with no focus, but just to connect with your breath. No, I couldn't do all the poses everybody else was doing. Could I do much, you know, softer, easier, simpler versions? A hundred percent I could. But there was also poses that I just missed and I just decided to not do. And that's okay as well. But the breath work and the practice is really what has tuned me into really connecting with my breath and how the baby connects with my breath and preparing for birth. And from that, I'm really grateful that I've learned with my midwife, my home birth midwife, that I have a baby that is sitting in a beautiful position that's really ready and slowly getting engaged for birth which has also meant a lot of pressure on my bladder and deep pressure in my pelvis. But the breath work, I can't tell you how important it is for breath work. So if you're listening to this and you don't, you're not a yoga practitioner, you've never done yoga, you're going to yoga for the first time in pregnancy, perhaps, is there are some amazing audios that you can just get breath work on Spotify. You can also go to Insight Timer and get some free breath work practices, look up YouTube and practice breathing. You know, there are the breaths, obviously, that I know that they teach at like classes like hypnobirthing or your doula might teach you, or you might just maybe not even practice at all, but connecting deeply with the breath and letting that be the journey for you, like traveling with the breath is really, really beautiful. So that's one of the biggest things that I've done to support myself in this third trimester, along with the little bits of movement and eating and something that's I hadn't I wasn't informed about which is only because I didn't ask cuz I didn't know to ask was about you know the pressure that can that can build up in your upper abdominals which is really like where your diaphragm is and now that the baby and the placenta have taken up all the room <laughs> literally all of the room a lot of those organs are getting quite squished up into my rib cage and so sleeping has been a little bit challenging and obviously eating less each mealtime has been more beneficial But something that I definitely recommend is taking extra amounts of magnesium, tuning in, listening to your body. What does your body really feel called to do? And when someone says to you, you should take this supplement, how does the body respond to that? And that's something that I know I've received a couple of guidance points around. And tuning in and just listening to what my body ultimately is calling for and if that serves my body has really been a really great gift. So I'm really on that, that journey of trust. Now, something else that I've done in this third trimester, which has been absolutely paramount for me, is connecting with my beautiful teacher, Jane Hardwick-Collings. If you don't know Jane, you can go check her out online. I've been working and apprenticing and I guess learning from Jane, one-on-one and in person for over two years now. And something that I've absolutely loved is having a one-on-one birth prep session with her sitting down on Zoom and going through, you know, my my imprints around birth and unravelling just to get really clear on what my wounds are because your wounds can easily show up in birth and knowing what they are is really important so you can receive the ultimate support. So how have we been preparing for birth? Well, I'm just going to be really transparent and Brenton's probably never going to listen to this. I'm just going to tell you anyway. (laughs) But I'm going through my own journey and my own process and my own, you know, mental progression. And so is he. And they're completely different journeys. And something that I've found that's really important for both of us is that we continue to come back together with where we're at on the journey individually. So what that looks like is he's going through the typical masculine male transition of like, fuck, I need to provide, I need to support. How can I turn up? I need to get the house ready. I need to fix this. I need to finish doing that little task, which I love. And that's what is his process. Whereas my process is very different. And I think it's really important to remember, regardless of the dynamic of the relationship, whether it's a heterosexual relationship or not, is that the support partner, really is going to be the supporter the provider the and what i mean by provider is the provider of energy the provider of stability the provider of space of holding and like that is a definitely a preparation for them and so he's moving through his own journey there meanwhile i'm over here moving through my journey of like holy fuck how is my vagina going to open so much to let this baby out <laughs> and the process of like oh my goodness How am I going to breathe through this? And will I be able to manage the experience? And how can I best support myself and prepare for the experience? And so that comes back to, you know, really being, I don't want to say well-prepared, but understanding what is important for you for that transition. Who's important for you to be there? Who's important, you know, for you not to be there? What do you need to feel comfort? What is comforting for you? So, Let's talk about preparing for birth. First thing is when I teach in cyclical school and to all of my one-on-one clients, I teach on a scale of four pillars. These are nutritional, physical, emotional, and spiritual energetic. These are the same four pillars I'm using to take my approach with birth. And I think it's important to highlight this because it's so easy to get confused about all the things but when we really bring it down to just four particular areas, it really helps us kind of understand the process, right? So let's talk about all of them. So nutritionally, how am I preparing for birth? This is really ensuring that I have good bowel movements. I have good bladder movements with the food and the liquids that I'm nourishing my body with. Additionally, preparing for birth also is about making sure you've got the right meals to support you through birth, whether that's you know, a high, like a hydrolite style drink, um, which could just be coconut water <laughs> or whether it's meals to support you and those support people in your birth space. But nutritionally, I really feel preparing yourself for birth is about taking one great supplementation to eating really good food and ensuring that you have optimal levels of all, all types of nutrients and micronutrients, not just one type of nutrient. And making sure you're getting a broad range of all of those things. So for me, given that it is also the middle of summer in the outer seasons, I have been having a lot of smoothies. I'm just going to put it out there. A lot of frozen bananas have been going into these smoothies. But also things like dates. Eating dates are really great at softening your cervix, which I recently discovered, which I think is really fantastic. And if you have been following along over on Instagram, you know that I have been in a postpartum meal prep mode and prepping lots of beautiful dishes like dal and congee and kichari and soups for my postpartum, which is really ensuring that like, hey, I know that on the other side, I'm going to be ultimately cared for hand and foot basically. Now, the second is, is physically, how are we physically preparing? Something I know I've done that's you know, I'm really glad that I went to do this is I saw a pelvic floor physio. If you want to learn more about pelvic floor physio, we had the beautiful Jess Jenkins join us for episode 248 recently on the show talking. She is a pelvic floor physio. She recently birthed her own daughter and um, we talk about pregnancy and movement in the body. But for me, physically, it's been moving my body in some way every day. That also looks like me making sure I've got good mobility in my feet You know, I could talk forever about feet mobility. I love stretching my toes, the tops of my feet, my ankles, my Achilles, and really freedom in your your feet really creates freedom in your body in my mind. That's how I like to see that's my approach with it. So stretching and creating mobility there is important. So that's looked like me physically being in bodies of water, which is also weightlessness when you're pregnant considering I've gained like 15 plus kilos, so weightlessness. It's also looking like going for small walks, stretching like I mentioned earlier. But the physicality is also touch and how can you prepare your body physically. So I have been going and getting regular massages around once a fortnight, sometimes once every three weeks. And that's for me to receive. Brenton has been amazing at always rubbing my feet when they're the size of elephant hoofs at the end of the day, <laughs> which I love, you know, for 10, 15 minutes, a little foot rub whilst I'm, you know, laying in bed before I fall asleep. But getting like receiving touch from someone else in a space where particularly if it's your first child, your first pregnancy to birth, that you don't have any other dependence. So you can just go. And drive and not have to put a child on the car or get that child looked after. So, I've been really enjoying and lapping up that flexibility with my body and my physical care. Additionally, getting acupuncture. If you've never experienced acupuncture before, acupuncture just works on the body in a completely different aspect. And I think this is one of the most supportive things we can do for our body in ensuring that our inner energy is in alignment. And I've been doing that every fortnight, my entire pregnancy. And also for at least about a year leading up to conception. So having this habit is really good. And something that I've actually just done yesterday is I've booked, this might sound crazy, but I know if it's not in the diary, it won't happen. But I have booked a a fortnightly acupuncture session with my acupuncturist Jess for, you know, all the way for the next four or five months after birth. And that's just to help ensure that I stick to knowing that, hey, this is really important to me. And regardless of what's going on at that time, this is going to be beneficial for my physical body. The third physical thing that I've been doing for my body and my health is seeing a chiropractor. I have been doing this my entire pregnancy for the support of healthy pelvis. And if you think about it for your birth journey and the baby transitioning through the birth canal is that it has to do this little wiggly beanie thing to like get through your pelvis. And the more aligned your pelvis is in balance and harmony, what I mean by that is not having one pelvis out by, you know, 3%, the other one out by 6% and then being different. But actually having your pelvis as closely as aligned as possible means that that journey is going to be an easier journey in such a simple way for the baby. There's so much else that it has to focus on and that you as the birth person need to focus on too. But seeing the chiropractor has helped enable my pelvis to be in the right position preparing for birth. And so now, given that I'm very full in my third trimester, I I get different adjustments now than what I did say two, three months ago. But going once a fortnight, sometimes it is every three weeks, just to get a little bit of an adjustment has been very supportive. And I just want to say that if you've never been to a chiropractor, find one that you can trust. Ask for referrals of other people who have really found a beautiful chiropractor. And I'm so grateful for my chiropractor. If you live here on the Gold Coast like I do in Queensland, Australia, Ryan Pope, my besties partner, trust him with my life, just like he trusts his family family with, you know, their lives with me. And yeah, he's the only chiropractor that I would ultimately trust in anything. So find someone who you really trust so that can hold space for you and your baby. And that's really going to be a beautiful, supportive part of physical preparation. So physically, that's what I've been doing along with the, the movement. And at this stage in pregnancy, something that I was really unaware of is just how like unmobile your body becomes. Like my spine doesn't have the same flexibility or mobility that it did have six months ago for obvious reasons. There's a big thing in the front of my body, (laughs) but caring for your body, knowing that this is only temporary. This is what I keep telling myself anyway, knowing this is only temporary is that things can change. And I, I continually bring myself back to the physical experience of me tearing the sheath off the back of my shoulder blade around nine years ago where I teared it off in yoga and I had to take nine months off yoga, literally nine months. And the learning process through that was that, hey, it doesn't last forever. And I came back to yoga and I had a new love for yoga and a new understanding of it because I had that time away. So thinking about your body physically is that, yes, there might be things that you can't do during this particular phase of your life. It's just a phase doesn't mean you won't be able to do them ever again in the future, but what can you do that's going to support where you are right now? And how can you ask for help with that? Because I can't do that on my own. I can't give myself a chiropractic adjustment. I can't look at my pelvic balance. I can't, you know, give myself acupuncture as much as I wish I could, but getting some support for that's really important. And then the final thing that I've been doing, and I've only done this twice, but yeah, I did mention earlier, seeing a pelvic floor physio. And That has been really great. Brenton came with me for our birth prep meeting and planning session. And that's a really good overview to understand a little bit more about the techniques for allowing the baby to move through the birth canal, but also your breathing practice and how that connects with your abdominal and your pelvic floor muscles and things you can do in postpartum immediately that can help support the regeneration and the renewal of things coming back to what they were it's such a slow and safe and sacred space so there's so many things you can do but that's all the preparation for physical then we can look at the emotional and holy motherfucker. <laughs> let me just say it it is definitely a whirlwind and i always have known through beautiful teachings and teachers like Jane that, you know, whatever you haven't faced in your life, whatever wounds you haven't dug up and looked at, they will arise for you in your birth altar. And so throughout this pregnancy, there's been a lot of emotional shifts and changes going on for myself personally, and these Expressed and communicated and discussed with Brenton has been really beautiful because I want him to know exactly where I am. I want him to know what my wounds are, how I feel about them, what triggers me, what doesn't trigger me, so that when I'm in the zone in the birth space, he can be the rock, he can be the mountain for me. And having open and clear communication with that is really good. So, some things I've been doing is I've been seeing my shamanic sound healing practitioner, Bibi, love you. That's been really beautiful. Obviously, the work I mentioned that I did with Jane in sessions, she also does sessions. I'll be offering these sessions also in the future after birth. So there's lots of different things that you can can do in that aspect. But I think talking to people is fantastic. So reach out to other people who have recently birthed or brought babies into the world, couples, partners, birth mothers, birth people, and ask them, hey, what's What was something emotionally that popped up for you that you least expected? How did you move through that? What was most supportive for you? And that can be one of the biggest supporters overall for your emotional stability and health. Then we have the energy, energetics, and the physicality. And I think this really comes back to knowing that in the birth portal and the space of birth, I'm going to leave my body to go and collect the soul for my of my child and bring that soul to its body and then birth that baby into this world with its soul and my soul guiding and it, holding its hand every step of the way how magical is that like if you just think about that concept for a second it's like wow and so energetically and spiritually really understanding and connecting with your own soul your own spirit i feel is a beautiful starting place And that might just be through sound. It might be through singing. It might be through chanting. It might be through playing an instrument, but also doing this with yourself, whether that's in breath work or a meditation or a guided meditation. I personally am really enjoying more mobile meditation. So, silent walking, for example, and just getting in the zone while my body's physically doing something, knowing that I'm going to be in the zone while my body's physically doing something in birth. There's many ways you can go about that, but I strongly encourage you to explore and look into that and and look at what is possibly going to arise for you and how can you communicate to your birth team or your birth supporters that what they can do to help you through that or through that process and what you can also do for yourself to familiarise yourself with what is arising for you and that knowing that everything that arises for you in every single moment is exactly what you need in that moment and something i keep reminding myself is that all of the challenging lessons that are arising for me mentally and emotionally and energetically in this third trimester are preparing me for birth and if i push them away if i shun them down if i you know refuse to look at them i'm not going to learn the lessons that i need to learn to prepare me for the birth that I'm you know, about to have. And so pregnancy really prepares us for birth. And it's a continual mantra that I keep reminding myself of. And I hope it becomes a mantra that you also remind yourself of if you are about to embark on this journey too. Now, there are some beautiful questions that some of you have sent over to me on Instagram. And there were so many stories and questions around this over the festive holiday season a few weeks ago. And I wanted to share some of the answers here so that you can you can learn a little bit more about my approach to it. And also, yeah, I guess we'll just say my approach to it. Hey, how does that sound? So the first question what is about work, right? So the question is, when does stop work? Like this lady has said, I feel women should take four weeks off leading up. Obviously, this is a private decision. And when does one stop work? So let's talk about that. And I think It really depends on a few things. The first thing it depends on is, well, what is your work? And I say work within inverted brackets, you know, what is your work? Because personally, I've already been winding down since early, early third trimester. So I would say for the last two months of my pregnancy, I've really been winding down and taking things a lot slower. I typically, I don't have a nine to five job where I need to be at a particular place every day for nine, like from 9am to 5pm or so forth. So it really depends. Like, when does one stop work? It depends on what your work is and what your relationship with work is, and what your work is after after birth. Yeah, what is that going to transform and look like? Transform into? So I think that's really what it is. But something which is one of the most um, profound and one of the biggest teachings I have learnt, and I thank my beautiful cousin Charlie for this, who recently also birthed her son into the world, and. She said to me, Gemma, your first pregnancy and birth is going to be the last pregnancy where it's just you. It's just you. And so what that means is that her second pregnancy, she already had a toddler and she's like, I'm pregnant and I can enjoy my pregnancy, but so much of my attention goes to my toddler too. Whereas in your first pregnancy, it's just you. You don't have anyone else to ultimately really look after except for you and the baby and that has been such a beautiful teaching and i'm so so grateful charlie thank you because it's really enabled me to be like you know what this can wait and i will go and do this other thing instead or i will go to the beach and the beach is so nice in the morning for a quick swim that i might stay for an extra 30 minutes just because i want to and i think it's important when we think about well when to stop work is it depends on your lifestyle and i do feel that it's important for people to have time to connect to their body to amplify that connection, because that's really needed in the birth space. Obviously, it depends on the type of birth you're envisaging, but for the type of birth I'm envisaging, it's definitely important. The The second part to that is when to stop work. Is It also depends if you have a particular date that you are planning for the baby to arrive. I've already mentioned in previous episodes in this series that I'm no big fan of due dates. I don't think they really work. I think the calculation about how we get to a due date is very outdated and it needs to be updated. And the more that people are aware of their own menstrual cycle and their own fertility, as in when they ovulate, their own ovulation in each cycle, the more accuracy we can have around the particular 40 week mark. And I call that the full mark, yeah, where you reach fullness and, you know, the baby knows when it's ready to come. You don't. (laughs) And that's that whole journey of surrender. And so whilst one person might say, well, my baby's going to be born on the 38th week versus someone having a baby born on the 42nd week, I think that we need to trust women that when they feel like it's time for them to stop what they're doing or slow down what they're doing, that to give them the grace and the support to do that, and that really takes a community or a village to do so. So with me and what I'm doing with my work is I – have already slowed down in this particular year of 2024. I won't be working with clients one-on-one, but I do have some beautiful coaches that I refer to. So my biggest focus for the year is focusing on cyclical school and our level one menstrual cycle coaching certification. We kicked that off in June and that's a six-month program. Enrollments are open for that course. If you want to learn about it, it's cyclicalschool.com forward slash level one to learn all the information and the ins ins and outs of the course. But that's my biggest focus with work for me. I am taking a podcast hiatus, like I mentioned at the start of this episode. I'm not sure when I'm going to return. And for the first time ever, I'm not putting pressure on myself to know what I'm going to do on the other side. For me, I know the biggest work I need to do is in the postpartum. And what that means is I know that in the postpartum, in my birth imprint, that's where I need the most support. And so for me, that's where how I've created the most support in that particular time of the you know the journey to motherhood. So I'm not putting pressure on myself to rush back. So I hope that answers your beautiful question. Now, another beautiful person said, don't forget about your postpartum prep. So what I've done to prepare for postpartum is I have (laughs) hired a postpartum doula. I have started making meals. My beautiful friend's. (laughs) Thanks, Loz, for reminding me, as always, putting together a meal train, even though that's something I've been really reluctant to do, I'm doing that because of the support that can be received. I have an amazing best friend who has just been there every little insy-bincy step of the way for me. And I know that I was there for her and she'll be there for me. And so this is a really beautiful bond for us. But preparing for your postpartum is also about, well, what are the things that you need to really feel supported in that time. And I think that it's really great to have that communication or discussion with other people who have been through postpartum recently. And something that I definitely have said to Brenton and he's doing is he's taking six weeks off his work and his business runnings so that we have time to bond as parents, but also bond with our child. Because the next time we have a baby, if we have future babies after this baby, Is we will have a baby already. So he'll be looking after a child whilst I'll be looking after a newborn. And so this really is his first and biggest moment to purely bond with the child, which I think is really, really special. Now, another question that came through is what am I doing with my placenta? I actually haven't decided yet. We rent where we live, so we don't own the land which I live on. And I feel a little bit funny about putting a placenta in a pot with a plant. I would love to eat some of my placenta, but I'm also very aware that the placenta, as much as it is a fan-fucking-tastic for you, it is also the sieve of everything that goes into the body. So I'm just aware of that. And I'm actually just allowing my body to tell me what the best thing for that is. I'm awaiting for those messages to come through. The other question that came through was about excitement and nervous what do I feel most excited about? What do I feel most nervous about? I feel really excited for the journey, whatever and however that unfolds. I'm excited for birth. I'm nervous about, which is very natural, like, well, will I be able to do the right things? <laughs> will I get it? Will I... But that's where, that's just a thought. And I think it's healthy to be nervous about anything when you recognize that it's just a thought, it's not a f- it's doesn't have to be projected into a future tensed fear. And sitting with that, I think is really important. And so Brent and I have been doing that a lot, discussing what's coming up for us and connecting on it. And that's really bonding and strengthening our relationship, which I think is so beautiful. And if you don't have that with your partner yet, go and do the work. Brenton and I, since the beginning, I'll say since the inception of our relationship, we have seen a relationship, we call it relationship development. Ultimately it's a relationship counselor. And that has really helped us become, you know, great channels of communication within our relationship for each other. And even though it's uncomfortable as fuck sometimes, it has really been such a great foundation for us to prepare us for this journey that is very unknown for both him and I. And it therefore has solidified our relationship so, so well. And so whilst I think it's important for future mothers to connect with other mothers, it's also important for support people, be that either women or men, husbands or wives, to ask other support people what it was like for them too and and connect in that. In that way. And I think we could do so much work as a society around, around that and really in you know bonding those relationships, which I think is fantastic. So when it comes to our birth, our birth space, something I want to share is that in our preparation for, for welcoming our little bub earthside, we have been nesting at home. I've been sewing, I've been making wraps, nursing pads covers for the bassinet, covers for the baby change table. And that's my way of, you know, connecting and bonding and meditating. I love being crafty. Also weaving has been a beautiful thing that I've been doing to prepare for birth and getting myself in the cyclical nature of the weave. And at home is where we envisage birthing. And we have been setting up our space to do so and preparing ourselves for what we need for that. So something that I'm going to do after you know the birth has has been an experience and in the future some sometime during the postpartum is I will be writing a list of the things that I think were essential versus were which were essential and I know that a lot of people have a lot of things and they get all this stuff and my question is always like do we really need all that stuff I don't think we do so we have very minimalist things and that might surprise a lot of other people but that's what we feel really supported with. And I I do feel what's the point of buying something. If you don't know, you're definitely going to use it. So I will be putting together a list, also sharing my playlist for birth too, in a little bundle that I'll put together. It'll come out later. Who knows when? I'm not putting any pressure on myself, but I have the vision of creating that for you so that if you feel called to the journey that I've had with my pregnancy and my birth, that hopefully you can learn something from that in the way that I wish I had learnt you know from many other women not just you know a couple of women in my beautiful circle so i think i think it's something that's important and i'll be popping that work out there for everybody too so i just want to say thank you so much for being an amazing podcast listener for being a listener here for over 4 years this podcast has been going for 4 years i feel there's a change coming i will come back to doing some podcast who knows what that will be and what that will look like but i'm letting the journey of birth unravel so that we can see what that will be and become between now and when we return, I want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for always tuning in. All of these episodes are available on YouTube as well. So if you want to tune in and have a look, you can. And please make sure that you work your way through each of these episodes for our pregnancy series. I think it's really important that we start to have these conversations in a more open light. And this is why I brought this episode and this series to you. So from my heart to yours, thank you so much. I will see you on the other side. And between now and then, the best place to stay connected with me is on my newsletter list. You can find that on my Instagram handle link by going to Instagram, Wellsom underscore Gemma Lee. And then you can also find that on my website as well over at wellsome.com. So from me to you, lots of love. And I'll see you on the other side.